Hello, and welcome to our weekly podcast of Who's Here in the Hamptons. I'm Dan Retiner, your host, broadcasting from my home in the Hamptons, where I have lived for over 55 years. I've written a dozen books about this glorious place, and I've seen it grow through the years from small tourist towns, quaint fishing villages, and a summer playground for high society, to what it is today, a world-class resort for celebrities, artists, musicians, authors, and billionaires. In my podcast, I will bring you interviews with not only these people, but also prominent local people who have helped shape the Hamptons. My guest in the podcast today is Caroline Hirsch, who's the owner of Caroline on Broadway, which is one of the, if not the most famous comedy club in the city of New York. Which leads me to my first question to you, which is, uh, what brought you to the Hamptons? Oh, I've, I've been going to the Hamptons since I'm 16 years old, and that's a long, long time ago. You know, just used to hang around there as a teenager. Later went on in the renting in the 70s, 80s, buying a home in the 80s, and living out there, you know, for over 40 years. So what, it's been great. What town are you in? I'm in Watermill. What do you, what do you like about being out here? With all oh, these just, um, just the... It's beauty. It's just beautiful. I mean, you know, it has developed over the last 20 years, but it's still beautiful. I mean, it's gotten, it, it went from kind of rural to suburbia right now, which, you know, that's just progress. Can't stop people from moving there. So, but it's a beautiful place to be. You know, it offers everything. You know, it's, it's a, a little, little bit cosmopolitan and a little bit farmer. So it's all good. Do you go to the beach? Uh, just out there and then. I go to the beach, but mostly I, I play golf. So that kind of keeps my, my days kind of busy out there. So I play at Noyak and East Hampton. Well, my so. wife was a founding member of Noyak with Dr. Diner. Oh, Dr. Diner. Oh, right, right, wait, right, 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 Dr. Diner. Yes. So uh, I've been a member there for almost 30 years. Oh, so it's a long time. Yeah, you probably remember Norman Jaffe's clubhouse, which you had to Yes, which, which we knocked down and built a new clubhouse. Oh. Yes. They, 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 they knocked it down. I'll tell you a funny story. They knocked it down right before it was going to be landmarked. <laughs> so they knocked it down. <laughs> well, it was one of the worst buildings you ever. <laughs> it wasn't the best building, That's but it was, it was definitely a Norman Jaffe building. How did you decide you wanted to go into business in, in comedy? In and comedy? Well, that kind of, it was, it wasn't a, it was a decision that kind of, I pivoted that word. That's that's a you know, you know, a twenty first century word. Pivot. I was in retail and I was working for Gimbel's, and Gimbel's was closing down their operation, so I wasn't working. And I had two friends who owned a number of bars in the city, and they wanted to open a cabaret, so we opened Caroline's, and we started as a cabaret, and then in like nineteen eighty two, we kind of you know pivoted into comedy. It was when David Letterman was going on the air at night. Um, David had a show. We had hired Jay Leno. So Jay, Le Jay Leno was at the club. And then he would go on to David Letterman and talk about how he was at Caroline's, which gave this national platform. And that was the start of the club. Now, the first year of the club, you know, we had people like Jerry Seinfeld, Sandra Bernhardt, Billy Crystal, Gary Shamling. I mean, it's everyone, Bill Maher, it's every Larry David, it's everybody that's kind of made it in the comedy business has appeared at Caroline's. 
Yeah, I think I recall you telling me at one point there was this wonderful new comedian, which he well, certainly was, was uh, Louis C.K. Yes, many years ago we discussed that when um, we talked about some of the shows I used to do at Guildhall. Do you have a favorite among all these comedians? Or? No, you can't have a favorite. It's not a favorite. You know, I'm, you know, it, it, it's, there are no favorites, but, but people do come up the ladder, you know, as, as, um, as I see them and you see how they grow and they get to be more and more popular, but they're not my, I don't have a favorite. I like a lot of different kind of comedy. Enjoy comedy or is this a job? Um, I enjoy it. You know, we get to laugh a lot here at work. Um, we just, we'll talk about, oh, did you see the show last night, which was hilarious? Um, did you see the show? And, um, you know, we talk about that and try to, you know, we talk about comedians all the time. So it's, it's a fun place to work. Do you think you have a singular place in the world of comedy clubs? I think you do. You know, I think certainly in the United States, it's probably the biggest brand and maybe the biggest brand around the world in comedy. I mean, look, I've been doing this for almost 40 years. I kind of developed the headliner club where I was paying people. I paid Jay Leno. I paid Jerry Seinfeld early in their careers. The improv was not doing that. Catch a Rising Star was not doing that. None of the clubs were doing any of that. So I kind of started that in New York and decided to make this into a grown-up nightclub. As the Times said about us, we were the, the first... Yuppie nightclub in New York City. Yuppie was a 80s word. Remember that? <laughs> so we've developed, you know, we've developed people here. We have shows called um, the Breakout Order Series where we develop people. We watch them. I mean, I had a show on A&E for six years called Caroline's Comedy Hour. And, you know, which gave us also another national platform around the country where people did see it. Ken Jong, who's kind of a very famous actor, comedian, was headlining here. And he said, you know, Caroline, uh, and I was a little kid. I used to watch Caroline's Comedy Hour and I only wanted to be on that stage. And he said, yeah, now I'm finally on the stage. So, I mean, it's it's meant a lot to a lot of young stand-ups sure. watching Caroline's Comedy Hour in the early 90s to where they are today. Yeah, I discovered a recent comedy club venue online at Provo, Utah. You may have, I don't know if you've heard of it or not. But they offer a uh, they offer clips and sell advertising, mm -hmm. like twenty minute pieces. I don't remember the name of the, the place. However, have you ever done anything like no, that? No, we 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 don't do online comedy. The way to do it right is a totally outrageous production that needs to happen with it to live stream around to get really the distribution. I'm not interested in a small distribution. I know online you can do that, but really it's it's really hard to do comedy online. You know, I was asked to do a lot of virtual fundraisers online and I really backed away from it unless you do it the right way, like a total, like a really great show that has great production value, which you really can't find with having one camera in a club moving around. So I kind of steered away from that until we can do it the right way. And, and comedians really did not want to do online comedy. There's no feedback. They really don't get a feedback from an audience on it. I mean, we're trying, there is technology now that's trying to, you know, to, to, um, to get that involved, to get the audience involved. But it, it's not something that I've tried at this point. I have my hands full trying to get the live event business back on its feet. Never mind starting that. So, 
you know, which has been a challenge. You know, the, all of these mandates now have been a challenge to business and sure. all small businesses are working harder than ever to try to make the same money that they made in 2019. Instead of working 40 hours, they're working 80 hours to try to do, get their businesses back. How have you done that? Well, we opened Memorial Day weekend. I was closed for 15 months until we could open last April. We waited a month. We waited two months to clear the air and to get our acts booked. And we opened up and we did okay. But now, since the beginning of August, we're seeing another decline because people are worried about the variant. And there is a decline in indoor activity. So we have to just get through this in the next few weeks and get out of this, you know, this, this dilemma that we're in where people don't want to go out. So who's been the most popular comedian that you've had in, in each decade? The people just crowd and want to be in there. And, uh, oh, we, we have a lot of them. Um, you know, um, um, we re- recently had Tim Dillon here, probably not a household word but sold out every show in July when he was here. We, we were, you know, there, there are people that, that sell out the club here that you really don't know. Darnell Rawlings was here on Memorial Day weekend and, and sold out pretty much every show, as many tickets as we could sell at that time. He sold out the show. We have the New York Comedy Festival coming in, and um, that is November 8th through the 14th. And we have a lot of our favorites that are that are in the festival, like Bill Maher, Nick Kroll, Norm MacDonald, Ronnie Chang. Ronnie Chang is another great new face that everybody should be watching. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. Is that going to be affected by any of the change, you think? I, I don't know. Um, you know, we tickets went on sale a few weeks ago, and ticket sales are okay. They're not over the top. So we hope that you know, people will think about this as a way of going out in November. This variant will be past us in a few weeks and we'll be on to something else, hopefully. And we can get our economy back opened in New York City. Where are you from originally? I, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Well, Been in New Yorker my whole life. Lived in Manhattan since I'm 21. How old were you when you started? Oh, that's not a fair question. <laughs> It was in 1981, 82. We opened oh, up, 82. Yeah. Well, you should have some kind of celebration. It's going to be, you know. I know, I know. We're just trying to get through uh, the opening here, through the festival, through working through um, uh, vaccinated shows, working through, you know, getting younger people vaccinated. So we, we, we kind of have our, our hands full right now. And I couldn't even think about the celebration, but hopefully next year we'll be able to do something. A favorite comedy movie that you've seen over and over, or that you especially like after being inundated by comedians? Well, I always enjoy. You know, we Bill Maher is 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 in the festival. He's at the Hulu Theater in November, and you know, I I enjoy watching Bill because Bill Bill started out with us at, at Caroline's on Eighth Avenue in the Little Club, so I've watched him his career move. You know, just going from you know, from his TV show, which was politically incorrect to where he is now. And he's just kept so relevant and so out there with young people. It's pretty amazing. And I certainly, I enjoy watching him every year that he comes to the festival. My, my question was about movies though, like Sleeper or Ghostbusters. Do you have a favorite comedy film that you've seen? Oh, I, I really loved Midnight Run years ago 
And with that, Charles Grone and Robert De Niro. That was one of the funniest comedy movies ever. <laughs> did you ever see Sleeper? I did see Sleeper, yes. Okay. I've, I've seen mostly every one of Woody Allen's movies, yes. Yes. So True comic genius, right? Oh, absolutely. Yes, he is. You know, his story about the Hamptons, he once came out there, he bought a house, and he got so bored that he left. He sold it the next day, and he was out of there. That's a story I just heard. <laughs> That's a Hampton story. We have, him, we have him having played in the Artist Writers game, which was in August. Uh, during the year, he was out here filming Interiors, which was a film. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But he always said he never liked the Hamptons. Yeah, yeah. I think he found it boring. Yeah, but it was the famous scene in his Annie Hall, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now the Hamptons are uh, a very, very special place. The most beautiful beaches in the world. What do you do? Some of the best restaurants we have now. Um, we have Guildhall and the Parish Museum. Um, two great events, two great places, two cultural places on, on Long Island, which do a great job. I think that uh, Bay Street is thinking about moving, you know, about that. Oh, and Bay Street, too. I forgot Bay Street. But Bay Street is more, um, the parish and the guild are museum type. Yeah, they are. What do you, what do you like? Do you have a favorite restaurant you go to out here? Um, I've been frequently T-Bar in Southampton. I go to a lot, a lot of restaurants. But actually, in the summer, it's more about, you know, being with friends and and at their homes and whatever, because it gets to be it's just so crazy out there to get a reservation at a restaurant. It's wild. Yeah, if you don't have one, you could. Yeah, yeah. Dopo and Tuto, they're all great restaurants. Making Tony's and, you know, everything. It's Restaurants yeah. are great. Yeah, and I'm glad that they're doing a, a good job and, you know, the people were able to eat outside, you know, which made a difference to them and they were able to do good business and, you know, get back to, you know, where they were, so... Did you go to the horse show? I did not go to the horse show this year. No, I didn't. When you go, you wear a crazy hat. I've been there once. Didn't wear such a crazy hat though. But um, no, I, I don't go the, to the to the horse show. So wasn't on the agenda this year, but I was invited by my friend, Susan Magrino, who hosted the table for Whispering Angel Rosé. And that looked like it was gonna be like a really, really fun day there at, at, at the show. Do you ever think of doing anything in the park, in Central Park? No, it's 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 too too big. Actually, we we hosted some some things there years ago with Comedy Central, when they used to do things in the park. It's kind of you know you know also doing comedy's not easy outside either. Comedy needs to be in a in a. I can't say that you can't do it outside, but it just works much much better in an enclosed room somehow bringing everybody together. Yeah, you know, that shared experience that you can feel with other people. Yeah. New York Comedy Festival, November 8th through the 14th. Go online to newyorkcomedyfestival.com and check out the tickets and check out who you want to see. And there's something for everyone. We will have over 100 shows with over 200 comedians all around New York City. I hope, I hope they're not all there at the same time. Uh, no. <laughs> It'll be a fun week. I'm talking with Carolina Hirsch from the New York Comedy Club. Thanks for being on the show. Okay. Nice to see you, Dan. Nice to see you, too. Thank you.
Thank you. Bye.